think it's like selfie week in baseball, it seems like. I don't know, Chris, uh, lots of lots of selfies in the news, and maybe that's maybe that's our fault for, for propelling all that stuff into the mainstream. Hey, this is Mike Oz, this is the StuPod, the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. And this is Chris Wick, and uh, I'll admit I've taken a selfie at a baseball game. <laughs> have you taken a <laughs> selfie today? I have not. No, I'm not. I'm not a normal uh, selfie taker like like my sister. She she's taken selfies. Seems like every hour. But I've I'll admit to taking one at a baseball game. Though uh, I don't, I've never gotten an awesome one with a player in it like uh, like some of the ones we have up on the site now. Or, or made what, on the What about you though? Can I? Because I, I want to call you out if you've done it too. I want you to admit to it. Um. Have I taken? A, I, I took a selfie at the when the Red Sox won the World Series and I was on the field. It was 03. Like it, it kind of cleared off. Like everybody pretty much done. And I just so I took a selfie like on the field. You know. All right. Well, that's pretty cool. That, that was cool. <laughs> um, but beyond that, no. Uh, I will say I'm playing with Snapchat a lot lately, trying to understand Snapchat. Or I think I've understood Snapchat now, so I'm kind of having fun with it. So that that is definitely up to my uh, my selfie taking, basically because all the filters, you know, because you can do all the funky of stuff. With it. So that that is that has made it uh, a little more interesting. So I, I I would say my my selfie game is on the rise at the moment. Not that, not that it's great, but it's just you know a lot of the the quantity the quantity is uh, happening a lot more. Not that I share them. Mostly I just send them to my wife and say, look how dumb I look, but. You know, whatever. Exactly. Well, now you know. Now we've isolated everyone over thirty-five. So, <laughs> uh, if you're still here, thank you. <laughs> we got a guy on the show this week who, not not that he's a huge selfie taker, but I, I, you know, if you look at his Twitter, he, he every once in a while, you know, or, or he takes pictures with fans. Uh, that's Adam Jones at the Baltimore Orioles. He's going to join us in just a second. We're going to talk to him about all kinds of things. Um, PEDs in baseball, why the Orioles are off to a hot start. Uh, food, I think he, he, he had a great time talking about food with us. So if you ever wanted to know some of the best places to eat in major league cities, uh, he's going to tell you some of his secrets. And I, I feel like it's been a while since I said this, but one, one of the better interviews we've done, I think. Yeah, yeah, he Adam, was great. Adam Jones was great. He was phenomenal. Uh, Bad News Ramen is going to join us, and we're going to tell, we have a fantastic story this week that I'm sure we're going to get into about the time that I... Uh, wrote an uh, a review about Warren G's album in our college newspaper, and they called Bad News Ramen. Warren G's uncle called Bad News Ramen to complain about it. <laughs> so we'll tell that whole story um, because Warren G sang the national anthem and did oh, not the national anthem. Sorry, take me out to the ball game and just butchered it last week, and I had to make fun of him. So I'm sure I'm sure we'll get into that story today. We haven't even planned it, but I can guarantee that, that Bad News Ramen's going to talk about that. And uh, Chris and I will be back to talk about PEDs and Space Jam and some other stuff. So this is the Stew Pod. Thank you guys for listening. Let's uh, talk to Adam Jones. Welcome back to the Stew Pod, the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. We have the pleasure today to be joined by Adam Jones of the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, I would say one of the more entertaining players in the game. Also, uh, a very, uh, I would say he, he likes, he says he stays hungry. So he likes to talk about food. So we'll talk to him about that. And of course, lots of baseball topics uh, as we are venturing into the second month of the season. So Adam, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you guys having me, man. It's always good to uh, to get your voice heard and to get your opinions, uh, get your opinions out there. So, Adam, we're talking to you now. It's Thursday morning. You guys have a game later tonight against the Yankees. Um, 
how do you prepare each day for a game? Are you going right after this interview to the park and working out? Are you already there? How, how, what's, can you take us through kind of your day-to-day on a game day? Well, I mean, it's 11. It's 11.30 right now. I mean, I'm father too, so I try to, uh, you know, get up and see my kids and see my wife and, you know, get some family time, obviously, due to the fact that post-game, I'm home at 11, 11.30. My house is pitch black, and I'm basically coming home to myself. But, uh, you know, just, you, know, you got to understand, you got to try and balance family life and uh, and the career. So I generally show up at the park around uh, around 2 o'clock and, you know, 2 to 2.30. And depending on when we get in, sometimes we get in from a late road trip. I might show up a little bit later because, you know, 3, 3.30, maybe even 4, just to, you know, continue my rest, get, get more rest at home, relaxation. So uh, I think today I might get in there about 2, 2.30 get to work. Adam, uh, Orioles are off to a really good start. A, a lot of people, kind of like us, weren't sure what to make of, of the Orioles at the start of the season. Um, why do you think you guys have been successful early? Well, we respect the fact that a lot of people, you know, not necessarily uh, are, 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 are with us and counting on us to uh, to do anything because, you know, it's, it's just it's the nature of the game. You know, you see the Red Sox go add DP. Um, they got Big Poppy. They got you know. Um, you're going into the off season, into the season. I mean, uh, you thinking Sandoval? He's down right now. Uh, Hanley, Bogarts, Pedroia, uh, Betts, Bradley, Castillo. I mean, they just had a, a really good, uh, they had a really good off season. Um, the Yankees, obviously, with the competitive nature that they possess, and that New York mystique, they always are, are in it. Um, Toronto, with what they did last year. Um, you know, you can't say that they're not going to you know, not necessarily repeat, but be very, very competitive in the Rays, who are, who are always in the fold. You know, you always it's it's the matter of opinion. You know, you see that. But I just think the thing that we take from all that is cool. You got to go play the game, and um, we just we look at it as like let's let's do our talking between the lines. I think we got a very formidable team. We got some veterans, mixed with some young guys. Which you know most of the teams have in this division, and it's it's just good. We come to the park every day with you know with not with a chip on our shoulder, just with an understanding that look, we can win this game tonight. Now let's go out and do our parts and uh, make this happen. What do you think have been the keys? Obviously, Manny Machado has been great, but um, have there been any other things that you think have really propelled you guys into into the start that you're having? Well, I mean, it's, it's it always starts with starting pitching and defense. Um, Obviously, our offense has been known to uh, hit the ball out the park, but you know it's just offense and defense. I think we're very efficient defensively. That allows us to uh, allows us to get get back on the plate, get back get back to swinging the bats. You know, you see Trumbo, he's been you know, tremendous so far. And obviously, there was question marks going into the season of how he's going to handle right field. Can he do it every day? But he's been out there working his tail off. I remember every day in spring training working his tail off. And even when the season uh, has started, he's out there early getting his work in because he knows this is, it's important to the team, important to how we play the, how we play the game, that the defensive side is, is solidified. And offensively, I mean, he's – you look at his numbers, they just they speak for themselves. He's been doing a very, very good job of, uh, of driving the ball all fields. And what a good teammate. I didn't – obviously playing against him, didn't have any idea of what kind of guy he was. So, you know, see him as a teammate, you get to see obviously every day how often and how long we are with each other. So 
you just got to see how, how good of a good of a guy he is and uh, how much he cares about what he does. Yeah, Adam, with with Trumbo, you mentioned it. The power is a big thing, and he has eight home runs already. But you guys also brought in Pedro Alvarez, who's kind of known for power. Mm-hmm. You've hit thirty home runs. Manny Machado's hit thirty home runs. How many guys on this team can hit thirty home runs? Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a few. You know, you're just forgetting about uh, you know CD. Man, CD, I'm not like, CD's yep. not in the thirty home run. He's in the forty home run. <laughs> Let's clarify that. He's not. A, he's not a little fan fleet. You know, twenty and thirty home run hit guy like uh, like the rest of us. Uh, but you know, you never know. Man, he, to me, has forty home run potential. Um, that kid keeps growing. Scope, scope has thirty home run potential. You know, it, I just think about our lineup top to bottom. You, you know, I talk to pitchers on different teams, and you know, they say, "Okay, cool. All right, all right, I'm at the seventh, eighth, and ninth part of the lineup. I can take a little breather." And no, you can't. You hang a slider. You miss with a fastball. We got guys that can hit the ball out. You know, one through nine, all parts of the field. And I think that as an offense, it's 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 good knowing that, all right, cool, we're never out of a game. We're one swing away from uh, from being back in it. You guys have to have one of the better batting practices in baseball, right? I mean, you guys can just put on a show, it seems like. It's a, it's a fun group. Um, uh, we are, we, the first group, I think, is Weeders, just the catchers, Weeders, Caleb, and uh, El Toro. That's why I just call him Pablo. Or Pedro, I'm sorry. I keep calling him Pablo, too, and he's like, <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. But uh, Toro, he just hits bullets everywhere. Weeders launches. Uh, Caleb hits bullets everywhere. Everybody just hits just off hard. Uh, my second group is not is myself, um, Kim, uh, Rickard, and uh, Trumbo. And, and Trumbo, like, it's 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 like he's on a team, like a, a driving range. The ball's just <laughs> small, so quick. Uh, my third group is with Feedy, uh, Scope, and Machado, and JJ. So yeah, they have a tendency to drive the ball well. <laughs> I haven't seen their BP since spring training because after group two I head in, but uh, I've seen it. And they, they hit the ball hard. It's just it's loud coming off their bats. So this is a this is a less fun topic, a little more serious. Uh, it seems like PEDs have become a real big topic in, in baseball again, with you know people yeah, getting busted yeah. all over the place. Uh, I want to know how that resonates with players in the clubhouse. Like when you kind of see, okay, you know this is going on. Like when when the news breaks on something like that. It, I mean, what, what is your reaction? We just, I mean, personally, it's, it's more of like. Really? Wow. Um, but then I, you know, I, I, I don't just, I don't just rush to judgment and say, oh, there's, there's a bad person. You know, I, I kind of like to, you know, educate myself on this, not necessarily just the okay, a positive test, but the person, you know, what the adversity, um, why, you know, as opposed to just be like, oh, you've achieved it. There's different avenues, there's different values that you can use. Before you just label something like that. Obviously, you know um, these people are making mistakes that are that are getting caught. And I think they put a good uh, a good place uh, uh, structure in place for us with with all the, the supplements. So, you know, obviously this it is, it is a mistake that they're making. But to say that they're bad people, all that kind of stuff is not uh, where I would start. Um, I like I was I rewatched it this morning with uh, Dallas Braden talking about about the EDs and the suspensions on stuff last night. I think it was last night, and it was he, he made great points. And he's a he's a player too, so he's speaking on 
not just the, the obviously he's with the media now, but he's speaking on the player side also. But you know, it, it's a tough situation just to, to just go, oh, this is this and this is this. This is what people are doing. There's, people do things for different reasons, and um, you know, I, I just try and I just try and find a common ground and get an understanding as to why. If uh, if I can, opposed to just saying, "Oh, this is a bad player," he needs to just be away from baseball. But you know, when these people make mistakes and the folks make mistakes, they you know, at the end of the day, there's there's a structure in place and they understand the uh, the consequences. So. Um, they take the consequences with a grain of salt and keep them moving. We've had some people come out and say that the penalties should be harsher. I mean, I'm talking players. Justin Verlander, for instance, came out and said that. Do you, do you think it's it's fair how it is? Do you think it should be changed? That's not up to me. I'm not. I'm, I'm with the players union. You know, I'm with our side. It just you know, that's something that's going to have to. That's just, I'm sure it's going to be a huge topic, especially going into the new CBA. Yeah, it's going to be a huge topic of, of discussion because you know the owners are you know. You know, the owners are, are losing, not the players are losing out on money, the owners are losing out on money also because of that player's, uh, if that player is that popular, if that player is a, is a, you know, a main attraction. So, like, like, you know, like the D. Gordon situation, he's a very, very popular main attraction to that, to that stadium, but not even that stadium, to the road players. People want to come, people want to see that speed and power of him and Stanton together, you know, and, uh, you know, they're being, they're, that right now is, is being taken away for 80 games. Hey, Adam, you were talking about Dallas Braden. He's one of the players to have made the transition to commentator after he's done. You, I thought you did a really good job breaking down the teams in your division. Is that something you've ever considered? I know you have a lot of playing time left, but would you ever be on TV at some point? Hmm. I, you know, knock on wood, I can play another 10 years and I'll be like Torrey Hunter. Um, but I don't know. I think... I don't, it's hard to to you know to uh, to say what I want to do you know speaking to the future because you never know what the future holds. You know, at the end of the day, it's sport. I could be up in the booth next year, if you know just how things can happen. But uh, I don't know. I think once I'm done, I would I would love to take some time away from the game and just you know be a be a father and husband. Three sixty five. See how that feels, <laughs> and then um, just. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know, but I, honestly, I do like I do like that side of it. I do like uh, the breakdowns and, and not just um, the analytical side of it in terms of like all the sabermetric stuff, but in terms of talking talking the game and talking you know like, that's what I'm the thing that's been taken away from this game is the the, the ball player mentality. Now it's the it's it's into the digital and the um, numbers world opposed to. Uh, a baseball player or a baseball mind person knowing that's a baseball player. You know what I mean? Opposed to looking at just looking mm-hmm. at a sheet, like uh, picking, before you even look at somebody, you just look at a bunch of numbers and go, oh, he's better than him. Opposed to you go out there and you watch them play with your, with your, with your eyes and you see that's a ball player. You know, that, that's, I, like, I like talking in that, in that fashion rather than Oh well, with you know, runners in scoring position are zero two with the later than seventh inning, and, uh, you know, with two strikes and guys throwing above ninety five miles an hour, you know, at night. This is what he does. <laughs> that kind of stuff is a little bit over my head. Right, right. I I know something Mike has mentioned a couple times is your love of food, and I've seen it on your Twitter account. 
mm-hmm. as well. So it, is that maybe something in your future? You're going to host a show on Food Network or be a judge on something? or That would be amazing. I'm, <laughs> I've told my agents that a little bit, but I mean, obviously the time has not been favorable the last few, uh, last few years, but I would love to go on the Food Network and uh, and do a show. You kidding me? <laughs> I, I would me and the, but the person I would I would take our third base coach Wayne Kirby because he's he's my he's the real like my my my, my chef chef and um, I got a good one lady Jenny but Kirby's that that you know let's let's get some let's get some meat on them bones type uh, type cook and he's unbelievable so I, I would bring him he'd be I'd be his sous chef and uh, <laughs> we'd be sitting we out there sipping on some other we just having a good time. Uh, cooking some food if, if food network came to you right now and said adam put you let you be on any show you want like what would you pick would you be judge on chopped would you you know want to do diner drive-ins and dives like what what, what would be good for you i i, I like diner drive-ins and dives me and um me and one of our video guys uh we haven't went this uh, this year so far but the, the last four or five years we we have the app on our phones and we just go to these random cities and find these places and, and it's it's exactly how guys here eat explains it me personally though it's hard to go because i like barefoot contessa she she sits over there she's sitting down in the hamptons making that fried chicken and <laughs> she'll make you a nice butt cake and all that kind of stuff i can i can uh i can go on her show um the chopped I, I do like chopped i like the amateur edition because them kids is it's impressive what these little kids are doing culinary it's impressive and i would I love to be a, a food critic and go to restaurants and pay them give me a nice little stipend to uh, go eat their big old steak <laughs> and mashed potatoes and all that. I, I would love to do that um, during the off-seasons, you know, especially here in Baltimore uh, and in San Diego. Just I just got to find the time and the, and the people that's willing to to, uh, to do it. And Yeah, I mean, it's not that hard. Just like you're going out to dinner and then you come home and write a little, uh, well, I need a ghostwriter. Also, somebody, somebody can do that for me, and yeah, I I, I wouldn't mind it one bit. I think it'd be it'd be fun, it, it, but I can gain the experience of of uh, being able to explain, really explain in detail uh, what I'm eating, what I'm going through. What you know, obviously people when they eat certain foods, they have certain elations. And I can let them know that well, this made me just lay down, or this made me want to go and I don't climb a tree. Who knows? Well, Food Network, if you're listening, get up Adam Jones. I'm glad you mentioned the cities, though, because I, I wanted to do this. And we'll do this rapid-fire style. You don't got to go into a ton of detail on these. But I want to throw some cities at you and uh, places you go on the road and tell me your favorite place to eat. Uh-huh. We've done this a few times with people, and we get some good restaurant recommendations. So I got I got a few of them, or we got a few of them. So I want to hear what your take is. Uh, New York City. Okay. New York City, um, there's this Cuban restaurant on 61st and 3rd. Um, uh, Cabana, I believe the name is, 61st and 3rd, very, very good, inexpensive, and, you know, that's where you see me, they're eating some chicharrones de pollo. <laughs> uh, what about Toronto, Adam? Toronto, uh, obviously everybody knows about the steakhouse with Jacobs, but, uh, there's a curry house, um, it's a house of curries, the name, I forgot, I'm drawing a blank on the name, I was just thinking about it before you asked me that question, um, it's just, a, but it's a house of curries. I can't think of the exact name, but it's by the Rich Carlton in uh, in Toronto downtown. It's it's big league, low key. Don't nobody know you in there, and it's all different, like thirty five different kind of curries. 
Kansas City. Oh, Arthur Bryant. Everybody wants to talk <laughs> about Oklahoma Joes, and uh, but, but I don't even care about the other ones. Arthur Bryant is, is where I'm going. All right, and Adam. actually, and and Peachtree. It's it's soul food when you really want to uh, you really want to get a coma and go to sleep. Go to, <laughs> go to Peachtree. All right, Adam. My my hometown, Chicago. Where do you eat there? Chicago. Um, I mean, we're at the Trump in Chicago, so I generally just eat that, eat the burn checkers. I haven't been out in a while um, in Chicago, but uh, I used to, I've been to McCormick and Schmidt. That was one, that was one of my favorite spots. So you go out there and get a good steak. But um, to be honest with you, I, draw, I always draw blanks in Chicago. It's a great city, but I generally, uh, I just head back, to, head back to the hotel in Chicago. How about the Bay Area? Either San Francisco or Oakland doesn't matter to me. Uh, what, what's your what's your spot there? Um, there's a seafood spot in San Francisco on um, Fisherman's Wharf. I think I forgot the name of it. It might be Fisherman's Wharf, but uh, it's a seafood spot that uh, that I generally free I frequently visit when uh, when we head out west. And what about San Diego? Hometown. San Diego, huh? Hometown. We're never there long enough for me to ever go out to eat. But every time I go to San Diego, I got I go to the taco shops because obviously I grew up there. You go up there eating that kind of stuff. So I, I don't I don't really care about eating a quality steak or a quality meal in San Diego. I want the taco shops. Nice. Well, thank you, Adam Jones. We appreciate your time, man. It was a it was a lot of fun, and I hope uh, maybe we'll get you on again and we'll go through some more some more food stuff with you. And if there's anything we can do to make it happen. I want to see you on Food Network. I think it would be awesome. All right. Uh, let's, let's start doing a little petition <laughs> and getting this out there. But uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. We'll, we'll get the hashtag going, man. Have a good one. Thank you. Yeah. We are back on the stew pod. It is time for my main man, Bad News Rama, to join us. And I have to apologize to him. We we, we kept him out of the show last week. I know he was fuming, and I'm sure he's returning with a vengeance. Don't don't ever speak for me again. You don't know how I was feeling. Maybe I was taking a break, right? Maybe I was just chilling in the shade, drinking a little bit of lemonade, right? You might have so been. So don't, don't, don't speak for me, man. You know, like, you, you, can you imagine me being mad? Have I ever sounded mad on this podcast? I'm a very positive person. Never, ever. Speaking of... Speaking of positivity, I know you're trying to bring me down, but speaking of positivity, I mean, I mean, the whole thing is like, so you have Dave Winfield, that's fine. And then you have some, you have some bums start talking about fantasy baseball, how to make your team better. Hey, I know how to make your team better. Watch baseball. There you go. <laughs> you see, segment's over, right? So, I need to, I need to make my team better, man. That's all I know. My teams, my teams. I, I, I think I should laugh at you the other day, but that, that's neither here nor there. Um, okay, so uh, you want to do some three strikes? Chris, Chris handed it to me, the, you know, a couple weeks ago, so I have to give props to Chris. And leading into that, let's do three strikes. Let's talk about strike number one. Strike one. And uh, I said that Jake Arrieta needed a because we, you know, you asked us, uh, me and you, you asked both of us, you asked me, and then you looked in the mirror and you asked you, and uh, you said, you know, are the Cubs going to take the World Series? Uh, and then I said, no, I, I don't think so because Jake Arrieta needs to kind of prove himself, showing that you know it wasn't a fluke for a one-time season. I'm saying right now, I'm, I'm not eating crow because I didn't say that he couldn't do it, but the whole thing is like, I'm now a believer out of Jake Arrieta, and I'm I'm so much of a believer out of Jake Arrieta that you know there's stuff swirling around that there's going to be some PED uh, people named and stuff. I'm going to pretty much guarantee that Jake Arrieta is not on this list. This has been done before. Um, by certain pitchers. I mean, I, I don't think uh, Sandy Koufax was juicing. Uh, I think he just, he's one of these guys. He he finally likes 
stopped you know reading his press clippings. He stopped believing his own hype. Put the work in. Uh, became has become a very very good pitcher. And it's time for people to stop hating on him, saying that he's using PEDs unless otherwise shown in a different light. But as of now, uh, the Cubs are steamrolling through. I still don't think they're going to make the World Series, but at the same time, uh, they're making me uh, look pretty foolish, and I got to give them props for that. It sounded like Jake Arrieta just stepped up to your challenge. Like he heard the the news of yeah. bad, the word of bad news Roman. He's like, "Man, what did bad news Roman say?" Well, yeah, I gotta, I gotta step it up. I gotta throw this no hitter. What's your name, G? <laughs> <laughs> What's strike two? Uh, strike two. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about uh, our boy uh, Kurt Schilling and how he. Imagine that. To, uh, yeah, he wants people to pay uh, to watch baseball games with him, and I'm just kind of saying there, like you know, you know, so like right now, like five, ten years, you know, like people still know who Kurt Schilling is, but. He's going to get, like, you know, 30 years down the line. And 20 years down the line, he's going to be, like, this really old, crotchety old guy. And uh, somebody's going to buy him, you know, like, someone's going to feel sorry for him. He's going to be on the street holding a sign up and, like, you know, we'll watch baseball, you know, for money. And uh, he's going to come kind of come at you in your in your living room going, like, you know, I used to play for the Red Sox way back when. And, and, and you're just going, like, oh, here, this guy goes again. He's all, you know, and I got hurt because I was trying to jump over the white, the white foul line and I misstepped and I – busted my ankle up pretty good and in order to like kind of make my team uh even though there's one guy that's never said that this game has never happened before that we we have never beat the yankees in seven games after being down three nothing even though this has never happened before according to bad news ramen uh i did get some ketchup i put it on my sock and i inspired my team and everybody was like yeah okay kurt whatever you have to say but uh that's that's the only way that Kurt Schilling is going to be somewhat entertaining watching baseball, but I just don't understand why you'd want to watch baseball with this guy in the first place. He's going to drink all your beer. He's going to make a pass at your wife. Uh, he's he's going to kind of look at you know look at your kids in a funny little way. It's like Kurt, come on, man, <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> and it's not even that. It's it's hang out with Kurt Schilling, like on the internet or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is strange. Like it's it's not like Kurt Schilling will come to your house. And watch baseball with you. It is watch Kurt Schilling on Periscope talk to you about the baseball game that you're watching, which sounds to me like like I'm gonna like like basically when you would watch a baseball game and, and turn down the volume and be your own announcer. Like that's what he's gonna do. He's gonna be like, all right, we're gonna turn down the sound. I'll be I'll be your play-by-play guy. Everyone listen to me. Like it just sounds super bootleg. Boy, and you're not gonna have a. Uh, you're not gonna have that dude from uh, so like when there's a when there's a pitcher that's cussing and stuff like that. You know, Kurt's actually gonna say it. He's not gonna like uh, take the high road. Like uh, I can't believe I'm blanking on the, the dude from the Dodgers. Um. Vince Scully. <laughs> yeah, Vince Scully. You know, Vince Scully's like oh manure. You know, you know bibbly boo and stuff. I mean, Kurt's <laughs> just gonna say it, right? <laughs> that, that's you the know, big draw. If you want to hear I, the I, F word, if, if, if I wanted, if I wanted to fudge muffin, fudgerific. If I wanted to pay someone on Periscope to watch a baseball game with, I would pay. Ben Scully to do it. I would like, I think, I think like I would, I'd get in, invite a bunch of my friends, put Vince Scully on Periscope, and just have him like watch this guy like at his craft, and, and he can say Bobbity Boo and, and all that good stuff. And I, I'm being like 100% serious. I'm not dissing Vince Scully, but he's a guy that I'd actually pay to, to talk baseball with or to watch a baseball game with. It's actually a really good business plan if Vince Scully weren't like 88 years old. I mean, that, that's a good like 20, 30 year plan right there. Yeah, well, I mean, what's even worse is that I'm I'm trying to give him a call and trying to be his agent, you know, and hoping that this guy is going to be like my cash cow, right? But, you know, <laughs> hey, if it, I want Vince Scully to live for 20, 30 more years. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So, What's strike three? Strike 
three. I've been waiting well, for I, I've been waiting for this, man. I've been waiting for this for like a week. Let's do well, it. Let's so do strike it. three. What is NXET? Uh, <laughs> I had uh, actually uh, I got a call from uh, Warren G's uncle, and he wants to meet you outside of outside of uh, outside of your your corporate office, and he wants to throw down <laughs> with you. There, there's so much history with, with this thing that uh, oh man, that, we gotta we, we gotta we gotta back it up. Get into we gotta it, back right? it up for everybody, right? Yeah. So we, we do have to back it up. <laughs> so Warren G. Uh, saying the worst, not the worst, there's been some bad ones, uh, but a, re- a pretty bad version of, of taking me out to the ball game last week at the Cubs game. I wrote about it, um, kind of made fun of him a little bit. But there's there's a little bit of a history there. Uh, when yeah. I, when, bad News Ramon was my editor at the college newspaper, San Jose State, Spartan Daily, what's up? And I wrote a review of the second Warren G album, which was horrible. The first Warren G album is a classic, man, straight up. That, yeah. That's a great album. Second Warren G album is not good. Do you remember the headline? I think you – I remember uh, it. W- yeah, Warren uh, – G-Funk smells foul. Yeah, and I wrote that headline. Yeah, yeah. you did. You did. Yeah. So, so anyways, then you get a phone call. Do I get a phone call? No, I think you got a phone call. Oh, I got the phone – oh, that's right. Okay, so yeah. I got the phone call, but they, they wanted to talk to my editor. So I was like – here you go, man. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I talked to Warren G's uncle, right? <laughs> it was Warren G's uncle, Ron G. Yeah, man, and he went off saying like how Warren G's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and and he's NXET. And I was like, listen, man, I said, I said, you know, this is a review, you know, like, you know, and I was kind of saying the same thing you did. I was like, hey, Warren G's first album, dope. The second album, not that good. I mean, it doesn't even bump in my car, right? So, but then what happened too was that then you and your infinite wisdom decided to go on the chat room he found you in a chat room then you guys started like throwing blows like verbal blows back that, and forth. that, that never happened I, th- I thought you told me it did no no so the, the other part of the story <laughs> i think i think i got back on the phone with him remember and he and he and he invited me to come down to long beach to spend the day with them he's like you should come down and, and, and you'd be you'd be one dead my cause <laughs> <laughs> like come down and we'll show you how good warren g is <laughs> keep in mind that that i'm uh you know, I'm like I think first semester college newspaper writer, right? And I'm and like, why are you guys calling us? Why are you calling a college newspaper? Yeah, because I know that album had some bad reviews, man. I wasn't the only one, so yeah. I don't know how I don't know how we find that. I don't know how we found out about the. I mean, it's, it's like San Jose State there in Long Beach, really, really big time time difference there. And my whole thing is so like so. Then what you don't know is that so after he talked to you for a second time, he called me again by by himself. He's like, hey, so you have one of these writers here, and I said, I have no idea who Mike Osagate is. Uh, I, you know, he's a bum. He sucks. You know, like Warren G's the best. <laughs> <laughs> and if you and if you believe that, then uh, you can uh, you can. What was it? How do you say? You didn't say take me out to the ball. Take me to the ball game. Take me take, to the ball game. <laughs> take me to the ball game. Oh yeah. man! And if you believe that, then then I will go and I'll sing my own rendition of uh, of Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Needless I'm to just, say, I never, yeah. I never went to go hang out with Warren G and his uncle. That, that well, did not happen. I, I would, fi- I would find you on the beach somewhere, like with your, with your throat slit, and you know, and it'd be like G Funk era, like you know, carved into your chest. <laughs> so, so I'm glad you didn't go, dude. <laughs> we wouldn't be here doing this podcast today, and we still wouldn't be bagging on on his uncle or, or Warren G. And during this whole time, I've, I've never said that Warren G sucks. I've never said that that you know Warren G's uncle sucks because I'm afraid for my life. Hey, regulate the G Funk era. The album is classic. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, you can't be no geek <laughs> geek off the street, and that's like the, that's the other part of the history. You say it all the time. I say it all the time, and so there's something yeah. there's something to be said about Warren G. And uh, it's kind of easy when you listen to the G Up Sound Pioneer speakers bumping with your hand on the pound. I mean, <laughs> no, well, well, that's well, not well, right. Well, yeah. <laughs> you, you now <laughs> you put the lyrics. 
Well, are, are people booming me now? So, so everybody is, is booming me, right? No. Now. That, that was that was a good time, man. Everybody can now enjoy the the Warren G story. That bad news, Raman and I have enjoyed for man. What is that? Uh, at, at least coming up on what? 15, hold, 15 years not, or so? Let's not hold hands and skip down memory lane. Long, long time ago. Long time ago, man. It wasn't bad. It's been, it's been a good run, man. And, and I, I look forward to having a good more 15-year uh, run or 30-year run doing doing the scrubbers that we're doing. Yeah, the next time a Warren G album comes out, we'll have to have a listening party. Yeah. This is the Stew Pod. We'll be back in a second. NXET. Hey, we are back on the Stew Pod. Mike Oz and Chris Lick here with you. Chris, uh, well, I guess first of all, thanks to Bad News Drama and thanks to Adam Jones for, for hanging with us on the show today. Uh, Chris, you and I talked a little bit before we got going about PEDs. And the question I asked you, and I'll ask you again, like, how do you feel when PEDs are, are back in the news in baseball as a baseball fan? Yeah, so I'm having a bit of an existential crisis about it right now. Um <laughs> Mainly because I I grew up in the steroid era, I guess you would say. I remember the Maguire Sosa home run chase, and I think I was this was right before I was going into high school. So sorry to make people feel old, but um, I feel like people my age don't look at steroids as negatively as as people who are older, and I think. With these last couple of suspensions, it's made me maybe reconsider that stance. Um, I just want to make sure that I'm educating myself a little bit and knowing more about what these drugs are and what they do. Because um, now that it's happening more often and happening to big players like D. Gordon, uh, I guess I'm just not sure how to handle that. So having having some issues on my end. What about you? Chris is Chris is growing up now. You, you, yeah, you, man. You become an adult about your about your PED beliefs. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I, I am not, I'm not on the same timeline as you in terms of life. Like, you know, I, I, I knew baseball in the pure era and then all of a sudden, you know, when baseball kind of got um, knocked by PEDs, you know, I was aware of that and it wasn't anything to like turn me off to the game because I love baseball so much. But, uh, you know, so I've kind of gone through the different progressions of it probably more so than you. Um, so I don't, none of it surprises me anymore. I mean, I, I guess anything looking back i was kind of surprised that we didn't have too much ped stuff going on for a couple of years there that was interesting um and then it kind of came back this year and i mean I'm, I'm kind of drawn to the why and i wrote about this a little bit on big leagues too yesterday there was a story from espn that they kind of talked about um why you know there's more suspensions this year because there's been six and there was six all of last year and you know we're a month into the season so i, I what i read that i thought was fascinating was that the the testing has gotten better and the people out there who are, you know, either the players who are using or the people that are kind of telling them how to do it, um, or were not caught up on, on the current procedure. So I think that's interesting. And it kind of reminds me of and anything, a lot of like this reminds me of this, um, the back and forth between like, you know, music piracy and like the government trying to stop that stuff, like in the Napster era. And, you know, you always kind of have like the, the, the piraters who are one step ahead and then, the other people trying to catch up and it's kind of like the spy versus spy back and forth thing like all right we got the advantage right now but we're going to kind of the other side's going to kind of catch up and we're going to get you and then okay look you tested us you got us you you you, you got us in trouble now we're going to get smarter about cheating and it's just kind of this 
you know, back and forth thing. And I, I think that's fascinating. I mean, obviously, it's not great for the game, but it's an interesting sort of dichotomy of how the world works in, in some degrees when you're out there trying to, like, break the rules and break the law. Um, so, I don't know. I'm more fascinated by that part, I think, than I am about anything else. Well, according to reports, we're going to have a couple more PED suspensions announced. So, this is looking like it's going to be a topic uh, that's not going to go away. It's probably not the last time we're going to talk about it. No, and it's it's one of those things where um, I feel like baseball is is far more affected by it than other sports. Like, I, I just don't feel like, like football it's a, it's a big as big of a deal when when people no. are you know getting suspended for drugs or whatever. And no, yeah, it happens in football and nobody really cares. Yeah, and baseball it just it just becomes a huge huge deal. So. All right, Chris, so I'm going to uh, throw it to you for, uh, I, I mean, I guess we can call this an important question. More than anything, it's going to be your chance to make fun of me. Um, I'm, giving right. you, I'm giving you the opportunity here, so. Well, it's uh, it's just every, you know, we talk on the stew pod every time, and and somehow I disappoint you when I haven't heard of some rapper or listened to some album that you love. And so finally, I had my revenge this week, yeah. um, because you've never seen Space Jam. I have never seen Space Jam. And uh, we made it part of the roundtable on the site. Um, we, we did some casting for a baseball version of Space Jam, if you're interested in that. And uh, you didn't say anything at first. And then suddenly like, we were getting a, little, getting a little closer to when the little blurbs were due. And you said, uh, hey, I haven't seen Space Jam. <laughs> and uh, the, my important question would be, how does that happen? Uh, well... I mean, I guess to put it, I, I mean, the best answer I can give you is this. Space Jam came out in, in 1996. I was 17 years old. Yeah, too cool. As too much cool as I liked Michael Jordan, and I did, I loved Michael Jordan. Um, I I was not uh, like, hey, let's go watch Michael Jordan play basketball with some cartoon characters. Like, that's just not what I was trying to do in my life. And I'm sure there were some people who were my age at that point who, you know, also... Were of that same time, but then I'll maybe caught up at some point. I mean, I don't know. Like I'm just looking at movies in 1996, trying to think like, what movies was I watching in 1996? Like, yeah, Happy Gilmore came out that year. You know, I, I watched that. Uh, Sunset Park, which was probably not a great movie, but I watched that. Uh, I watched Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood in 1996. So I don't know. I mean, that, that's kind of more where I was at. I mean, I know being seven, 16, 17 years old. I mean, that's that's. A little more of where I was, so, um, and and I'll say this: I was far more interested in getting a pair of Space Jam Jordans than I was in watching right. the movie because, because I, I really wanted the Space Jam Jordans. And well, it's it's definitely an age thing, right? Though, because all of the people, the younger people on our staff, um, they were excited about it and they got their their answers in, and so I just think, yeah, yeah, obviously that's going to play a role, and I know like. Uh, something I, I had a similar situation a few years ago with Anchorman Two, where I like asked my younger sister, "Are you gonna see Anchorman 2? And she's like, "I don't really care." And I was like, "Oh, Anchorman One was kind of a big deal when when I was uh, yeah. when I was growing up." So it's just I don't know, it's just the, the age divide. Yeah, I uh, I mean I, I I'm sure it's good. It seems like it's good. You know, I don't have anything against it. I, 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 I wouldn't say it's good, but... Well, I mean, a lot of movies I mentioned aren't thing. good. You know, a lot of movies I watched in 1996 aren't good. Celtic Pride came out in 1996. Do you even know about that? 
Yeah, I've seen Celtic Pride okay. actually. Like, yeah, that's not a good. That's not a good movie, but I went. I, I'm pretty sure I saw that in the theater. You know, that's just I, I was I was doing that kind of stuff back then, but I wasn't really going. I went. So let's just say this: I went to go see Celtic Pride before I went to go see Space Jam. I went to go well, see Sunset Park before I went to go see Space Jam. Look, you have kids now, so you can make Space Jam work. Yeah, maybe. That, that could be something that uh, you could do together. Yeah, but you know what it's going to be, though? It's going to be like they're going to want to go see Space Jam 2 with LeBron. And I guess partially, like, I'm not going to be that that um, grouchy old dad being like, not as cool as when Michael Jordan was in it. I'm going to do that. But, like, you know, like when they put out the new Karate Kid. and Right. Like, you'd be like, ah, I wasn't as good as... And for real, I've never seen the new Karate Kid because for that exact reason, like, there's no way. Never, ever. You're a curmudgeon now. Yeah, yeah. Well, when it comes to the Karate Kid, I am a curmudgeon. But um, Space Jam, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that perspective. So I, I would probably let my kids go see Space Jam and not lecture them on, you know, how everything was better back in my day. Well, I'm just saying, you can start them with the original. They can watch the sequel or the reboot or whatever they're going to call this one. And there you go. That's that's a family bonding experience right there. Do we know? Do we know when the uh, I don't know when the new one's going to come out, but my kid might be old enough by then if I say, hey, you know, the, the first one, Michael Jordan was in it, and he's going to say, who's Michael Jordan? The, the crying guy? Yeah, and he's going to be the crying guy. The, <laughs> the crying guy. No. He's, the he's... crying man was an actor? <laughs> That's what's going to happen. No, he was a basketball player. Oh, thank you for making me feel old. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, I think we had a good podcast this week. Thanks for everybody yeah. who listened. Um this would be a definite one to go and go and give us some of that uh, rate and review type love, right, Chris? Yeah, definitely. And you can do that by going to iTunes and typing in StuPod and uh, clicking on us, and you can easily rate and review us. Hopefully, you'll give us five stars and maybe drop us a comment in there. Yo, Kazam came out in 1996 with Shaquille O'Neal. I definitely, I, I definitely did not see that. that. I did not, I did not see that one at all. Maybe we, maybe we should watch that. <laughs> no, no, we shouldn't. All right, fine. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, everyone.